November is an uh, interesting month in the cycle of the church's life. Uh, it is usually the month when we come to the end of the church calendar. And um, the church calendar has Easter in it, and it has Pentecost in it, and it has a season after Pentecost. And it begins with Advent, which starts this year on December 1st. So uh, c- uh, coincident with the end of the church calendar, the readings as you heard this morning and we heard since All Saints Day and we'll hear into next week and even uh, beginning with Advent as we hear about the return of Jesus and wor- words on that. It uh, takes us on a trajectory to look at the big picture and look how it, all things will end. Um, I create new heavens and a new earth, uh, the prophet Isaiah prophesies. Um, Behold the new Jerusalem. And Jesus speaks of, uh, of a time uh, before the end. And so I, I will acknowledge, uh, it gets it on my mind this time of year. And I think that probably is compounded because both my mother and my father died in the month of November. So uh, that whole sort of thing is kind of on my mind this time of year. And I want to share with you some thoughts about that this morning. Um, let me, uh, first of all, introduce this with a story. Uh, I'm thinking of a man, an elderly man, who went through Alpha, I think in 2010 and maybe 2011. In fact, he started in Alpha, and he started with a fairly uh, significant amount of hostility towards the gospel, uh, may, or at least indifference, but I would say kind of hostility. And so it was, I was very surprised to see him because I'd known him from um, years ago, but I hadn't seen him in ages. And there he was. Somebody had invited him to Alpha, somehow in, invited him, and his wife had come with him. His wife is an absolutely lovely individual. And um, he couldn't finish the first Alpha. He has some physical ailments, and, uh, but something happened there, and he came back for another Alpha. So he, took a, he did a retry on the Alpha, and somewhere in that Alpha, the scales fell from his eyes. And he became a believer. And the hostility vanished. And um, the new excitement about life in Christ began to grow. And it was um, only last summer, September 30th, 2012, is when it built to a climax. Beginning about July, he said, I need to be baptized. I want to be baptized. And I said, you've never been baptized? He said, never been baptized. Been in and out of the church, but I've never been baptized. I need to be baptized. He had this wonderful, I would say marvelous sense of urgency about that. And so on September 30th, 2012, uh, we went from this service, I think, and some of us made our way over after this service to the Reagan Swimming Pool, which adjoins uh, the, the St. Paul's property. And we baptized by immersion Arlen Hinchy, September 30th, 2012. Uh, it was shortly after that that he moved with his wife to Texas to a retirement community where he could be better taken care of and where he could be near family. And we heard only last month that Arlen had died on October 27th, and he had departed this life. And what I want to hold up for you today, one thought, is just that sense of urgency that got on his heart I need to get right with God. I need to get right with God. And somehow that public testimony of baptism was the vehicle he felt called that he needed to use in his life to get right with God. And uh, I just say thanks be to God and hallelujah uh, to, that, to that baptism, by that memorable baptism in cool September waters, uh, by immersion in which he gave his life to Christ and confessed faith in Christ crucified. Thirteen months later, he is gone but we know where, right? So um, we will be hearing for the next couple of weeks, as we've heard this morning, 
the theme of end times. And I want to uh, simply uh, be an encouragement to you, but also, if I'm successful today, create a sense of urgency in your life, not unlike Arlen's sense of urgency. Whatever your age, are you ready? Are you prepared? If it were to happen tomorrow, would you have all your ducks in a row, your T's crossed and your I's dotted? And you might be asking, well, I'd love to be ready, but how do I get ready? You know, whether it's the end times, the end of the world that Jesus is talking about, or, um, you know, I'm thinking about those precious people of the Philippines, uh, whose, uh, it wasn't the end of the world, but it was the end of their world. And the thousands and thousands and thousands who one day were alive and whole villages, whole towns and whole families have been wiped off the face of the earth. They're gone. Their end time came. Or it may simply be that personal end time to which I'm referring. Of just, uh, It doesn't matter. Whichever end time comes in your life first, the end of the world, the, the end of a community or your personal end, the preparation and the, the necessity for preparation, the kind of preparation is one and the same task. So let us be about our business. That's the exhortation of, 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 of Bible and prayer book. Uh, the, our, our prayer book says, From dying unexpectedly and unprepared, good Lord delivered us. Unprepared. So let's be ready. Let's be prepared. We'll be hearing this from the readings over the next few weeks anyway. Get ready. Get ready. He's coming, which means the end time's coming. So what is so important to get done? And what I want to say to you is what is important to get right is your relationship with the Lord God Almighty, as Arlen Henchy did, and your relationship with those people around you. It's real, real important. Um, I've had two gift of graces in my life surrounding very personal uh, death experiences of people I love dearly. One was my father, who died very unexpectedly. I was a freshman at Sewanee, 18 years old, and Dad was back in South Carolina, but he had to come to Sewanee to a meeting. And he came in the fall, in October, and um, so obviously, since he was there at the meeting, we had time together, which uh, has just become, was priceless at the time, that I actually had some time with my dad. But he did a, 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 an ex he gave me an extraordinary gift that I did not expect. Uh, the men in our family are not huggers, or were not huggers. I'm a convert. But um, we, we were not a hugging family. Um, and so the guys, you know, I have four, three brothers and dad. Uh, we were more handshaking types if, uh, you know, if we're greeting one another, but not huggers. And for some reason, I remember my father, um, the night, um, he was going to be gone the next morning early. So he was saying goodbye to me at night in the parking lot of my dormitory. And for some reason, he did two things. He said, um, I love you, and I can't tell you how proud I am of you. Uh, I was trying to survive in uh, fall football and not doing well, but he, he just loved that I was playing at Sewanee. He said, I love you, and I can't tell you how proud I am of you. And for some reason, he gave me a huge bear hug. I don't think I, I mean, I did not remember one previous to that. Um, and just wrapped his arms around me in a huge way uh, with those words and said goodnight. And that was the last time I would ever see him. He went back to Rock Hill. A few weeks later, uh, early November, he died suddenly of a heart attack. What a gift he gave me, though, for final memories. It happened for us also around the event of my son Jeff's death, 17 years old. 
Jeff was struggling with school, uh, and it had built uh, the tension had built in our built in our home uh, in a significant way. Um, trying to get him graduated from high school, he had an English course. He had to pass the English course, and we found out that he had not been doing his work, and he was making an F in the course. And with that F, he would not be able to graduate. So. Um, some great things happened. Um, Ellen stepped in, went to the teacher, um, talked to the teacher about the circumstances. Is there anything we could do to help him? And can we get him? If, is there anything we do to get him over the hump? And the teacher offered a creative way of if he would do an extra project and made a certain grade that she could see that he would be passing his course. She would expect him to be able to pass the course. So they, they went hard to work at it for that project. There's some it's soon um, deadline for it. And I had to go out of town. I actually had a long uh, s a spiritual retreat weekend, the Curcio weekend, as they call it. And I, ha I was on staff for that Curcio. So I remember leaving that Thursday. And boy, things had been tense in our home. And I was really mad at Jeff. And Ellen was pretty upset with him, too, because we'd been trying to get this thing right and get it right. And here we were slipping behind again. And um, so uh, Ellen's uh, reconciliation with Jeff uh, took place through doing this project and working on it together and say, okay, let's, you know, all right, let's forget about, you know, let's get to going on this. And, um, and what, uh, what I was enabled by God's grace, uh, you know, there's that temptation to just kind of walk out of the house in a huff. But instead, I stopped, and when I said goodbye to him, I looked him right in the eyes, and I said, Jeff, I love you. And he, uh, he said, I love you too, Dad. Those were the last words I ever had with my son Jeff. It was only later that night that he died. So, uh, preparation for the end times is what I'm saying is very, very important. I am so grateful for those events in my life around tragedy that helped soften the blow, but also gave a sense of peace and calm about, uh, uh, you know, the rest and... Uh, and obviously the faith that's behind all that, that as Jesus says over and over in the Bible, there's more to the story, folks. There's more to the story. So, brothers and sisters, my encouragement to you this morning is to acquire an appropriate sense of urgency about being prepared. And it's about being prepared in your relationships with your family and friends or whoever. And if you're out of a relationship, work to amend them. So one can finish on a high note and not a low note. I've shared with you before um, the work of the psychologist. Uh, she's really a very odd person. Uh, her name is Bayak, has an odd name, and she's a kind of eccentric person. But she did this massive research on uh, people who were dying. And she said she discovered that people needed to do, um, she either said four or five things, but I had five for you. Said uh, I'm going to say five. Five things that you need to do in order to die in peace and to die well. And what I realized over the years is those five things are things we really need to be doing every day. We don't have to wait till we're on our deathbed. She was talking about when you're on your deathbed and it's coming towards the end. You've got a month or two to go. These are five things to do to die in peace. And what I've become aware of is, no, these are five things uh, to, you can start right now. You don't have to wait on your de deathbed. And so she said the first thing that was essential for people on their deathbed, and I say it's essential for us, is to tell them this, I love you. In other words, I am, I, I am so grateful that you are in my life to say to those close to you, I love you. 
And the second thing she said was that what needs to happen is to uh, ask those around you that you need to ask this question of, um, ask them, will you forgive me? So if there's something that this person, this individual has done wrong, um, then to name it and say, will you forgive me? I'm sorry I did that. Will you forgive me? Trying to build, reestablish these relationships. See, it can go vertically too, can it? Lord, will you forgive me? And the third thing uh, she said was um, that uh, needed to be said is, I forgive you. It may have been that somebody has done something to you within that close network of your family or your relationships, and you're still holding that seed of anger or bitterness or resentment towards them, and it's time to let it go. It's never condoning what was done, but it is a willingness to let go of anger, resentment, and bitterness. I forgive you. So, um, oh, and um, the, the fourth one then is thank you. Isn't that beautiful? Just thank you that you've been in my life. Thank you for what you do and mean to me. But that thank you can be simply priceless. So Bayard said, if you say, I love you, will you forgive me? And obviously these have to have real meat on the flesh. I mean, these are, these are real things uh, that need to be said to real people, individual circumstances. I love you. Will you forgive me? I forgive you. Thank you. And then the fifth one is simply a is goodbye. Remembering, though, that goodbye is the old English phrase for God be with you or God bless you. And that two people can end on that note, which really is saying our relationship is reestablished and is restored. So Arlen Hinchy did that so beautifully in the last year of his life as an elderly man of making himself right with God. And I know he received, has received his reward for that. And by God's grace, uh, the relationship that, of the end of my relationship of my father here on earth uh, ended on a wonderful, um, sad note, but a high note. When I think back to the last time I saw him and the last words that my father said to me, his son. And maybe it was even the seed was planted then to know or understand something, but then to go full circle and to have that opportunity unbeknownst at the time that's that that mystery of perhaps God's persistent encouragement to me to uh, work through the anger and the irritation at son Jeff and be able to say those words with sincerity heart to heart and eye to eye and give him then the permission to say them to me and for Ellen to be able to be working on this project together where they're going forward positively and not you know in 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 the state of uh, you know alienation between one another gosh thank you lord so as we worship over the next few weeks as i said the, the readings will be bringing up these kinds of topics the end of time the return of jesus are you getting ready will you be ready are you prepared i love a line that's in the consecration prayer that uh, we say um during Advent, uh, it appears, and it says, uh, it's, it's talking about the, re the expected return of Jesus, and uh, the, the, the consecration prayer has this extra line, that we may without shame or fear rejoice to behold his appearing. And so, regardless of how cataclysmic or frightening the end times are, for those who know the Lord and live under his banner, and for those who are in healthy relationship, 
um, it, it, when the end comes, it'll come one way or another. May we, without shame or fear, rejoice to behold his appearing. Amen. Let's stand for the peace.